0: Ciao, Calcio fans. Welcome to United by Calcio, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey through the heart of Italian football. My name is Christian, and I am joined as always by Robbie. Yes, sir. Welcome, Robbie. Welcome. So, on this week's episode, we will be covering the anticlimactic matchup between Juventus and Inter, Lazio's surprise loss to Salern- Salernitana on the road, as well as a couple of other key matchups from match day 13. We will also preview match day 14 by focusing on the most important matchups. Let's jump right into the recapping action from match day 13. So, Robbie, shall we start? Yes,
1: sir. Where All do right. we go? Well, where, where do you we know, start? We can,
0: we can go anywhere. But, you know what? I, I think it's fair to start with the most disappointing game of the week so we can get that out of the way, right? Salernitana versus Lazio.
1: <laughs> wow disappointing in terms of only if you're a Lazio fan.
0: Well, yeah, of course. Right. Well, I'm not a Lazio fan, but you know, it's disappointing to see Lazio in the shape, but
1: Hey, I mean, Hey, the immortal on Antonio Condreva. I mean, what are you going to (laughs) do? He just does these things. He scores absolute bangers. Apparently. And yeah, I mean, what a goal. I mean, Oh, keepers gotta have it, but you know, you put enough spin on it. Anything can happen, and just like that, it's two one salernitana are taking home all three points
0: well, it's wild because you know Kandreva first of all is aging like a like a fine wine here, right three goals, one assist on the season. this man is thirty six years old, left inter kind of uh I know I thought when he left I was like okay this is uh you know this is it right he's this is this sort of like end of his career run he's going to go to some lower uh, or mid-table team and just try to live out his last you know few years in a professional league but you know not not a bad start to the season right 36 years of age i mean he this is what his second or third spectacular goal like this is a second or third golazzo. i mean that that was a goal by the way i mean oh that holy was crap like
1: 40 out like I mean, I feel like whenever he scores, it's just the absolute most preposterous goal you could possibly think of because it just comes out of nowhere. He just, you know, it's like when Hakan sees a little bit of space. He's like, ooh, I'm going to smash this ball from 30 out. Um, It always hits the post or something. But um, (laughs) Kondreva gets the same vibes. He's just like, yep, I see this space locked in. We're smashing this. And then half the time, it just ends up being a goal. And it's just like, wow, this guy still still doing it.
0: You got to give it to him. I mean, because that that uh, that ball, first of all, if you saw it from the direct camera angle, uh, looking directly at goal, that ball looked like it was going to go over, but it dipped right at the very end. I mean, that that was insane. First of all, the velocity with which that ball was, I mean, the, the ferocity with which that ball was hit. And then... For it to dip like that at the very end, maybe that's what threw off the goalkeeper. Maybe he was expecting it to sort of go uh, above, uh, you know, him sort of wildly above. But nonetheless, as a goalkeeper, I think you're right. He still should be, at the very minimum, making a cautious attempt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you don't touch it, can see the corner. But at the very minimum, keep your hand up there. Like, don't don't let that, you know, get in the way it did, like put your hand up there at the very minimum hell you know if the if ball doesn't hit you it doesn't but if it does it does then you just save a goal uh and provadel has been I, i'd say probably one of the top goalkeepers in Serie A the season i i expected more from him what yeah about you? i mean
1: provadel last year was unbelievable this year he's been very good even sometimes scores a goal and so you definitely <laughs> expect better from him um yeah. I mean, you expect better from Lazio as a whole. Like, you just can't be... Like, we talked about this before, about them and Roma. Just like, this Mm -hmm. is a game you win, and you just get it done with. It's something you brush up. We didn't speak too much on it, because it should have been a formality. And it feels like that's starting to become a habit for Lazio, Yeah, where they aren't winning games that they should And that's an issue if they're going to try and get even into a Europa League spot.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's a big problem. Mind you, we're talking at this point after Lazio have played their UCL group stage game against Celtic, which was great for them. They knocked Celtic out uh, completely. Lazio, uh, for all intents and purposes, are out. uh, Sorry, in, rather. So they are good. Yeah. more than uh, I can say for Milan currently, but we'll talk about that later.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lazio are now officially on to the knockouts in the UCL, yes. which is that more much more surprising Absolutely. of that, their form in the league when you see them That's in right. a group. Exactly. Atleti, Feyenoord, and Celtic. Maybe Celtic isn't mm-hmm. the um, same type of bravado that you know they used to be, but... Right. Still right. a fine team like they would be able to compete oh, of course. with these bottom of the Serie A teams. Absolutely. And Lazio are just pushing them over with with ease. And they're on yeah. the knockouts. They'll have a game, the final match day to potentially be top of the table. Yeah. Um exactly. Again, it's going to be in Madrid, which is not not easy, but hey. No, you not know, at all. When you see them play that well on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you expect that to transfer over to the league.
0: You do. And, uh, you know, this sort of, this thought came into my head as I'm thinking about all this, right? Because it, the performances that they put up against Salernitana and the performance they put up against uh, Celtic are, are two very different performances, right? Uh, when you consider the fact that the UCL group stage is, I'd argue, uh, far more difficult of a stage to play on, right? Um you know, they, they I, you sort of wondered, did they hold back? Was this sort of like a measured approach? Then again, it brings up different questions for me and and I'm you know, I'm gonna sort of throw another question here at you is, you know, what does this say about the lazio team that they apparently can't handle a, a Salernitana in addition to
1: handling a, a Celtic? I mean that what does that say to us? It doesn't say anything good, but it does beg the question, are they gonna be able to handle two games a week consistently. Like I, I've said before, one of the advantages for a team like Juventus is they only have the league and some Italian Cup sometimes to focus on. That's a huge bonus because you get to rest guys, but Lazio really, they lost SMS and they didn't bring in anything to really replace him. They brought in Kamada, not the same player. Gwendoosie, not the same player. And you really need those guys to be able to step up and perform week in and week out every match day. Because if they don't, you're going to see them dropping points in either the league or the UCL. And it seems like right now they're kind of focusing more on the Champions League and not the league. But... And we're seeing them falter because of it. I mean, they're all the way down in 11th, 13, 13, uh, matches in, five wins, two draws, six losses. Just you can't be losing that many games if you want to compete for top four.
0: No, no, not at all. And you're absolutely right. It seems like a very bizarre and, and, and it, to not, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to complete that thought because I, I just remembered I, I saw a clip of the interview that Maurizio Sarri, uh gave to Italian media after that game. And it's sort of interesting. Mike Grella pointed out something after uh, that interview came out. And he was essentially saying that uh, one of the things he noticed was the coach essentially saying, I'm trying the same thing. Sadi was saying he had been trying the same things this season that he tried last season, right? Last season, Lazio ended up second place. We both agreed they overperformed. That did not, you know, feel like something that was normal for that team. But hey, Saudi says, "Okay, well, I've done the same things I did last season. There shouldn't be any difference." Now that probably leads to many different questions. But Grela pointed out, I, I think accurately, that that maybe says that he's not switching tactics. He's not thinking about. Diversifying uh, training a little bit more, not maybe uh, inserting some new life into that training regimen into the, the the different practice programs that they they've got uh, going throughout the season right interesting point he made i, I didn 't quite think about that. What do you make of that?
1: yeah, I mean you can't always win the same way, especially like last year you had one of the best players in the league in sms to right. be able to rely on he doesn't have that like this year where you know Guanduzi Kamada they don't have that type of ceiling and ability That's to right. just win you a game. They might mm-hmm. be fine players, but they're not elite players, and no, they're not you're gonna ha- you're asking them to consistently put in very good performances when mm-hmm. they're just fine players like they're not class players. I don't know a better word to say it. It's just like sometimes, you know, you have to, it's really, the interview is interesting because he's saying, oh, I am doing exactly the same, but with less, you need to do more. Like, exactly, you need to maybe do a different tactic to get more out of certain players, put them in less vulnerable positions. And, Mm put them in the best spots to succeed. He clearly hasn't figured out the puzzle pieces for this yet based on the runner results.
0: No, I mean you are absolutely right. Uh he definitely is not and and something else he sort of uh pointed out um in, in that interview was something talking about the the fact that you know he has to look at himself as well uh which on on the surface seems like a like a humble thing, like the right thing to do as a coach, right to say okay the fault doesn't immediately go to the players, right? It, I'm also responsible for the ship. Like I am the the sort of captain of the ship, right? But to me, to an extent, when you're saying that, well, you don't know what's going wrong because you're doing the same things you did last season, to to add to your point of, well, you need to refigure reconfigure things because you don't have SMS anymore. I feel like you can't, honestly come on 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 an interview and say well i'm just doing the same things I don't know what's going on because you're essentially saying what you either can't adapt or you're saying who else is to blame well it's not the assistant coaches it, you know it's not your what well, are you blaming your players I, the reality is you're the manager you have to come up with the accurate tactics that fill uh the fulfill your team's needs right and if you can't do that the blame has to go on you. You're not utilizing your, your players that you have, the rosters that, uh, the roster that you have accurately. That's that's on you 100% of the time. So sitting there and sort of throwing that question out there without really addressing it, it feels like a really dangerous game of, well, I'm not not quite sure who uh, who's to blame here. I mean, I, I'm doing the same thing I did last season. Mm-hmm. It's like me going to work and telling my boss, what, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm just submitting my paperwork Same way I always have. I don't know why the company's not making more money. We'll figure it out,
1: you know, pretty darn quick, or (laughs) else you're gone, right? That's your job.
0: (laughs) Right. Figure
1: it out.
0: So it it just, it it really was a bizarre bit of an interview. Um, But hopefully, I mean, we'll see what happens uh, with Lazio next week. They are playing uh, against Cagliari. You'd think that they would be able to use that game as a nice game to get back on track but
1: yeah i mean as we said it last week it it was a formality against Salernitana, but uh might not be this time i mean (laughs) (laughs) i I guess there's no formalities anymore with this lazio team
0: apparently and i mean you know let's be serious we can we can we can uh, of course misjudge all of us pundits whoever it is we can misjudge uh games just by looking at them. And obviously we did that uh, with Lazio and uh, Saleritana. And we also did that, mind you, with uh, Empoli and Sassuolo, right? I mean, who thought this was going to be the
1: all vibes game of the week? (laughs) This is the Sassuolo we know and love. Just all vibes. I mean, Berardi showed up. He came to play when it mattered. Pinamonte got one. It wasn't Loriante this time. It was Enrique, but like, heck yeah. 4 3. These are the type of games that you love. And it wasn't even like a oh, one team comes back, comes up big, and then one team yeah. kind of slowly builds back. It was go on one side, go on the other. Go on one yes, side, go on the other. Etc. for seven straight goals. It was just yeah. back and forth. And it was awesome. Every yeah. second of it, like Caputo scores in the fourth minute, Pinamonte in the 12th. Fazzini in 30th, or Henrique in 22nd. So Sassuolo got back-to-back, then Fazzini 30, and Berardi and Vina on yeah. our own goal, and then Berardi again, and bang, we got a seven-goal thrower.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a hell of a game. I mean, you look at the stats for this game, first of all, it's such an even, evenly matched game. Uh, the stats are just sort of a mind-blowing, uh, mind-blowing uh, look here. The one interesting thing is Empoli was kind of uh, ruthless in terms of accuracy. Uh, Eleven total shots, eight on target, compared to Sassuolo's seventeen total, nine on target. Impressive, very impressive. But uh, I mean, Berardi woke up, and 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 you know, I sort of wonder where are these performances. I, I know I've said this before about him, but where are these performances against the big teams? Where are they? Where where's he? doing this, exactly this, against a Juventus, an Inter, uh, etc., right?
1: Well, for me, it just is inconsistent performances. Like, you'll see him play really well, and then he'll go absent for three games. Because, I mean, against Inter, he was great. Um, I forget who got the goals again in the Juve game, but, like, I'm sure he probably did fine. Um, (laughs) But, like, it just feels like he, like right after the inter game i was like wow this is the guy we know and love that yeah is awesome for sasuolo like he win wills that team to win that game and then yeah. he goes absent for 3 games and then yes, he, does he does this like where he just gets two goals like wills that team to victory that's right and it's what you want from this sasuolo team they've lost so much year after year they keep losing Absolutely. players like the Scamaca, the um, Raspidori, Fertesi, like, et cetera, Politano. Um, And it's just like year after year, they lose these attacking players and then find them. But Berardi always the constant. And you consistently need him to perform in big games against big teams, right. against small teams, right. especially. Like, mm-hmm. especially if you, for Sassuolo, their goals are ultimately to make Europe doesn't have to be Champions League or even Europa. You can be a Conference League team and probably make a decent run at it.
0: That's right. Um, exactly.
1: And for them to do that, Barardi has to perform. Oh, he, he does.
0: Absolutely. Because I mean and you mentioned something uh and and I I will uh say here that uh yes, I was definitely wrong. Uh you were right. Um uh, he did score against both teams Inter- he had an assist there. Uh, and uh Juve one goal there. Uh, but if you look at a stat line from the last, I don't know, 10 games or so, uh, he scores two against Empoli, nothing against Salernitana, Torino, Bologna, and Lazio. And then he scores one against Lecce, nothing against Monza, Inter and Juve one apiece, and Frosinone nothing. Uh, you are right. It is far more about inconsistency in this, uh, in this scenario, for sure. That's a problem.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you're Sassuolo, that's he is the guy. And yes. when you have inconsistency from him, it puts a mm-hmm. lot more pressure on Pinamonte, yes, uh, Loriente, and like Henrique to perform mm-hmm. and make, create chances. If he isn't the one doing it.
0: That's right. And I mean, uh, I, I will say uh, someone that, that is, has done a relatively good job of taking at least some pressure off of, uh, uh Berardi the season has been in addition to L'Oriente, right um Pinamonti Pinamonti's got 5 goals this season which i believe equals uh Vlaovic's, uh total for the season so not bad not bad for somebody that i i felt like was he, he was sort of almost written off um uh, you know last couple of seasons he's sort of been tossing around um not really sure where he was going to end up i mean he goes from inter to Frosinone, genoa inter again <laughs> and then empoli back to uh inter sassuolo for a loan and then finally sassuolo that's quite the career uh already given that he's what uh 24 years old
1: yeah i mean inter just never had a home for him and yeah. finally this summer they were like all right it's finally it. Like you're not our guy. You want to be a number one, if not a yeah. number two. Right. Inter didn't have that hole. No. have that spot to fill like where they got Taram. So Pinamonti kind of got cast to the side. Unfortunately, exactly. he definitely has good talent. Um, yeah. But yeah, when Berardi doesn't perform lots more pressure goes on Pinamonte. Um, and one thing needs to be said as well, like, um, Toljan has been very good, um, the right back, um, yes. five assists on the season. Like, that's right. All right, combining well with on the with Berardi on that side. Absolutely. Um, like slowly making a name for himself, we love to see it. Well,
0: this is what you love uh, about Sassuolo, right? Uh, this team does that. It brings up new talents that uh, we have just not heard of before. I mean, think about this, right? Raspadori, Ascamaka, uh, Locatelli. Fratesi, of course, Berardi. Um, You know, there's a lot of players. There's there's quite a few of these uh, players. uh, And as I mentioned, you know, I'm forgetting a bunch of names that have sort of transferred out to other leagues and such. But this is a team that has been a talent factory for a while. So one of the exciting reasons why we follow this team so closely. For sure. I agree. But with that, Let's transition to an, a fine game between Milan and Fiorentina, right? A fine matchup with, uh, you know, a sort of 1-0 uh, scoreline, rather. Uh, Hernandez uh, has the uh, last say in this game. He scores a penalty, 47th minute. And, uh, well, that's kind of the story of this game. There's not a whole lot that
1: happened. Yeah, I mean, the the real highlight for me is Francesco Camarda making his debut. Youngest player to ever that's play great. for AC Milan in a game. 15 years old. Comes yeah. in in a one nothing game against Fiorentina. Not exactly like a small game. No, no. Not at all. A big spot. We love to see that. Like, that's something we constantly talk about is like, we want these young italian players coming in yeah. and playing in big games getting big moments like big minutes and even though whatever it was the Absolutely. 83rd minute but still that's better than the 90th plus 2 100%. minutes so like you get 2 minutes <laughs> yeah, added yeah. on like that's Absolutely. how they always give it to them and mm-hmm. no the game 83rd minutes so like that's a lot of minutes where you you're going to have to defend and like get the ball out turn that's make right. good speed make good passes um so this is exciting to see like love to see oh I that. completely agree i mean
0: this this was uh, when I heard about it i w- I was excited i was it was about time because uh well the Milan team can produce good talent uh, in their academy and uh I, I think Italian teams in general have been undervaluing severely uh the, their academies if if you look at Juventus our story is one of well it's really rooted in need right we we really just don't our finances aren't great right now. So the finances aren't great. The academy is reliable. They did a good job of building it up. And they're finally relying on the, the sort of finished, well, not the finished, semi-finished product. But we've been pretty fortunate in the fact that we've had Miretti, we've had uh, Fagioli and, uh, you know, be able to sort of rely on them, right? And we, I mean, we, mind you, we will talk about this later, but Caviglia got his first start of the season this past week against Inter curious decision I think it was kind of out, of out of necessity but we'll talk about that later as well but Francesco Camarda uh I think did fine for you know a 15 year old just playing in his very very first game in Serie A I mean what else can you expect
1: yeah and it's always good to just get your feet wet like for him absolutely there's no pressure in that moment even though like yes obviously you're playing against Fiorentina Itana with only one goal lead 3 points mm-hmm. are still available. But for him like this game ultimately doesn't mean anything to him. Like it's yes. it's obviously a big moment like debut, but it's more just okay. You see the stands. You've probably never been in an atmosphere anywhere close to this where right. it's packed, 70,000 screaming. Like this is a moment where you just kind of get acclimated, see how it feels and build on that performance that's right like, even if like if you're Itana, were to win that game somehow mm-hmm. for him personally he just brushes that off and then okay like build on it thankfully they won one nothing yeah. for them um and him um but he can build on that now he can be like okay now i know how it feels to play in front of that many people with that much pressure exactly. against these players that are very capable of like being very good. And he's probably never played with that much talent on a field before. So mm-hmm. so many new things. And like to get that out of the way as early as possible is great.
0: Oh, absolutely. Completely agree. I mean, this is, uh, th- this is something we should see more uh, of, uh, especially with the, the top teams. Uh, I think they, Juventus uh, Inter uh, Milan uh, Napoli etc just don't don't give enough time to, to players that are very young uh, in their academies they just don't uh, it's a shame because that's really one of the key ways you can reduce your costs and not have to go out there and spend hundred 200 million on a on a star uh, striker or star you know winger whatever it is right you develop them in-house I know it's hard it's not
1: easy but it's a good way. I agree. Yeah, I mean Inter is certainly very guilty of not giving youngsters a chance. It feels like they always put in the vet over them. Like heck, they signed Alexis Sanchez. Like they yeah. didn't have to. Like right. I understand he can provide some value. Like he played friend right. for Marseille. Of course he year. can. But yeah, you can also find a striker that like is in your ranks that that's right. may break through. I mean, they sold someone to Sassuolo. Um, in the first Tesi deal, it was, uh, what's it? Militieri, like 23 year old striker, never once got a shot with Inter. Yeah. So like, maybe it could have been him. Um, yeah. like his value or like, um, but yeah, like they're just like Aguame is on their bench every game mm-hmm. when like, even last year, yeah. you could have had him as your option as a 20, 21 year old instead of Gagliardini. Like, did Absolutely. we really need to have right. like is Guardini exactly. really that no. person? No. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm really familiar with just like the Inter side of it, but like I'm sure many other clubs are guilty. Milan do, do feel like a club that gives them their chances, like Donnarumma, right. 16 years old.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: That took a lot. And look at Guardini as now. well
0: when he came in. I think it was uh, I think he was like 16 years old too. Actually, yeah. when he first started. So yeah going back a ways there you know i I think the the importance of uh there's no player and and i'm fully aware of, of the mistake he made in this game this is sort of the reason why this game went this way but uh to me fabiano parisi is a talent to watch he screwed up in this game big time he gave up that penalty that ended up uh leading to that goal but his stats don't really show it but i think he's a very very exciting player to watch uh coming up through Empoli, and this is why the lower you know, table teams are so important to this league, uh, in Italian football in general, because they, they do have to put these young players out there. But Fabiano Parisi is an example of uh, what happens when you give a young player the time to develop and the time to play. I think he's got a bright future, and he's going to learn from the mistake uh, that he made today and whatever other mistakes he makes. I mean, you have to give him that time to learn and and, well, just make those mistakes, right? You can't learn it, especially in a, in a game like football. You're not going to learn by watching. You're only going to learn by making that mistake, painful as it is, and then growing from
1: it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree.
0: And uh, with that, I think uh, there's not much else to cover in this game. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty simple game, 1-0. The penalty is really the only reason they won the game. That was it, right? I mean, there's not much else to it. Fiorentina didn't really do. Um, well, Fiorentina really haven't been doing much of what we sort of saw from them early on the season, right? Uh, it's been a while since we've seen that Fiorentina come to life.
1: Yeah, they've definitely tamed down like they've in one, two, three, four, four of their last five games. There's, it's been one, zero, three losses, one win, but, and then the two, one win against Bologna, but So we're not seeing that all vibes Fiorentina. No. Um, Maybe that's Italiano being like, hey, let's try and be more tame, less vulnerable. That's right.
0: Mm -hmm. But. Well, because they were giving up a lot there for a while, too. While they were scoring a lot, it was also leaky. mm -hmm. Very, very leaky.
1: Yeah. The farther they pushed up, the more they conceded, it seemed, even though that was benefiting them goal-wise.
0: We sort of wonder, actually, that leads to, you know, a question that probably can be covered in a bonus episode at some point, right? But you know, just sort of short, brief response for, from you on on this. What what do you think of the trade off there? You know, do you think there's a there's a good trade-off to, to just go push up the field regardless of the risk? Or do you play more of this measured, you know, game? What do you think?
1: As a there's no right answer for me. As right. a neutral, I always want to see more offense. Mm -hmm. I want to see fun, exciting goals. Like that is what get in for the league. That's what I would want. Um, Sometimes when you are that good at attacking though, the best Mm -hmm. thing is to be reserved defensively. So that way, okay, we can figure out this side of the ball. And once we do, we're set because we know when we go forward, we will be good enough. So if you figure out the back end. That solves all, and I, maybe that's yeah. Italiano's thinking. Um, but it's, it's still early in these the season, so we'll see. It is,
0: yeah, it's still so early. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm wondering if this is just him trying to figure out uh, the sweet spot, right? Sort of going from one uh, really attacking uh, focused mentality to trying uh, sort of the the polar opposite and trying to find a, a middle that works best for them, right? Uh, because he sort of has to do the best he can with the, the players he has. I mean, Fiorentina has is, is done a lot with a relatively small ability, right, financially that they have. They, they have very little power on that front. But with that said, uh, let's move on to uh, the Atalanta-Napoli game, shall we? This was a pretty interesting game, right? I mean, uh, Napoli win 2-1. Uh, goals by Kvara and Elmas. What uh, what do you make of this? What do you make of this game?
1: We had two class goals and then one uh, oof goal. Uh, that's the best way <laughs> yeah, to call yeah. it. Just oof. That's yeah. You don't <laughs> want that to happen. But Kvara with an unbelievable header and yeah. Lookman saw that and he was like, "All right, I see you. I'll match it." <laughs> Bang. Right. And like that was great. Like it was two yeah. of the best players. Putting great goals in, and then right. you had uh, Karnaseki just turning over the ball. Like you just, you just can't be doing that. And then Elmas just calmly slots it home to give Napoli the three yeah. points. And just tough.
0: Yeah, Karnašeky has to do better there. I mean, granted, you know he's a he's a young goalkeeper. Uh, he's got time to learn. Mm-hmm. That is a very concerning. Uh, Give up, shall we say. Uh not, not not the kind of way uh you'd expect a a good goalkeeper to, to handle a situation. But but he's 23. He'll learn. He'll move on from this. He seems like he's a promising talent. Uh, but that definitely cost him the game, big time. And uh Lookman, I mean, he well, Lookman, I mean, he seriously <laughs> is that wow, I just said that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, seriously he's that good. This this guy is that good. Uh, I, I'm I'm just wondering how long he stays at Atalanta before he's snapped up by some team in Serie A or outside.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, like, cause he only came last year, or yeah, August twenty two, but he's taken the league by storm, and that's right. You don't expect that type of goal from him either. He's no. so shifty on his feet, cuts in, cuts outside, makes good goals, but. I just would have never guessed. Oh, he's gonna have a like a jump above everyone, class header into the corner, just perfect. Like you just don't see that from him. And That's not the no. It
0: was it's not the kind of thing you expect.
1: No, and it was great to see like that version of him that we've never really seen before. Um, yeah, uh, you just kind of hope this is the type of player at Atlantic can build around. He's only twenty six, exactly. so yep. he can be your next guy that you just rely on through the years and build around him. And hopefully he doesn't go anywhere. Um, but that's always no okay. worry, especially, um, since he has been in England before he's familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those clubs come calling calling back.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, just, I, I, I agree with you. I think if they, if they try to build around him, I mean, he's only 26, mind you. So, Try to build around him. You try to create a team, a uh, good unit there. Maybe uh, CDK can find his comfort eventually, hopefully, potentially for him. But Lukman's got a good stat line this season. I mean, four goals, two assists. Not bad. Not bad at all for, uh, for someone in his, his position there. And, uh, I mean, it's looking at, at the other side of things, Napoli. Di Lorenzo, I mean, how good is this guy? How good
1: is this guy? Best right back in the league. It's just, absolutely. and it's not close. It's no. not close. He's so it's good. Not. It's every time he plays, it feels like he's creating stuff for Usman, Raspadori, Simeone, Cavara. Yeah. Now, it's just every game he does it with Napoli. He does it with the national team. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. He's easily the best right back in Serie. A. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean he he is by far the
0: best. And and mind you, uh, the thing I appreciate more about him is and his play is amazing, mind you, but the thing I appreciate more about him is his tenacity. Uh when he's on the field, you you almost sense that serious leadership, right? Like you you sort of know who the uh who the captain is. There's no like doubt. You know who the the person on the field is. And and that's not that's not true with every team. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure everyone, you know, can sort of see that, right? There's certain teams you look at on the field and you're like, hmm, I wonder. You know, sort of like where where's the where's the sort of uh flow of the game? Who's the one that's sort of dictating, right? And it's odd for a right back to dictate play, but he really does dictate play for this team a lot. He is very much so, you could argue, more important than kvara to his team. Because he is a heart and soul
1: of it. That's a take. But I like it. It is. He's I mean, he's so good. He's Truly underappreciated. Like, yes, people agree he is the best right back in the league, but it feels like when you talk about Napoli, he's the third or fourth person at the yes. list yep. because of Guevara and Osman, But he is just as important as them. And oh, absolutely. every game he proves
0: it. Right. I mean, you take him out of the game, and, and this team does not look the same. No. He injects uh, a certain excitement, a certain comfort with playing on the ball as well that that it just is not uh found in every player right like not every first of all let's just start with this right it is impossibly hard to find uh, a good left back and right back anywhere in europe like finding a good left back and right back is is just an impossible process i agree so when you find one like this you do whatever you can to hold on to
1: Absolutely. And I mean for uh, Napoli's at one. least like for Napoli, like for Serie A, it feels like when they're Italian, they have more incentive to stay, which is great right. for Napoli because he's thirty. I would be yeah. stunned if he goes anywhere else. That's why he Absolutely. has the Captain Zarban as well. Like that's right. He will stay there forever and until he's done. Um and that's great for them. Like that's Three more years, at least, you'd imagine, of Absolutely. prime right-back play. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we'll see if they can get anything done with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't can't speak uh, any more highly of this uh, this right-back. But I think uh, the rest of the podcast needs to keep recording. So <laughs> I'll stop now. I'll stop gushing about DiLorenzo for oh, now, shoot. this episode anyways. We'll wait until another episode. With that said, uh, yeah, you know, let's gush a little bit about our our teams, huh? Let's gush a little bit about Juve Ninte. Or wait, yeah. hold on a second. What's uh? Did is there anything to gush about?
1: Well, let's let's, know. let's gush about the right back on on my team, right wing back. Yeah, well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, well played, well played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, I've <laughs> I've been quietly behind the scenes just watching him play. He's Denzel Dumfries. He's been playing well all year. And then Sunday happens. I mean, if
0: I can just pause real quick right there, uh, do you know what I what image I had in my mind when uh, when that happened when he gave the ball away? I just saw your head erupting and a volcano just you know
1: popping off. That, that's all I saw. It's infuriating. No one is around him. No one's pressing him. He just nope. takes Nothing. a touch that's like ten feet. Along the way, and just yeah, Vlavic comes in and picks it up from him. like yep. what? Well, like, Vlavic yep. had no interest, he just kind of looked at him and yep. like waited for him to play the ball, and then probably would have gone out exactly gone about his way if he made a mm. good touch, but he doesn't. And Vlavic is like, ooh thank you. Here we go. <laughs> it's like a squirrel found a nut. He's like, All right, thank you very much. Today's my lucky day. Bang, takes finds Kaza.
0: Sp- yeah.
1: unbelievable pass terrible marking yes. from Inter and just coolly slots at home and all of a sudden it's one nothing because Denzel Dumfries is uh, just a uh, yeah just ah uh, <laughs> what a he's just not a good player
0: yeah that that was that was bad and that wasn't that wasn't his only only uh, there were a couple of other moments where he just uh almost almost screwed up again pretty big um i forget when it was though crap there was another moment where I'm like, "Oh, crap!" Like he he almost did it again. Uh, he definitely had a bit of an unsettled game. Then again, to be fair to him, it's not as if DiMarco or Kostic were having a great game. I think the of all the right backs on the field, Cambiaso probably had the best game, or of all the backs, you know, wing backs in the game, uh, and and on the, in this particular day, Cambiaso probably was the most proficient. And that's not saying much, mind you. <laughs> Cause they were all just sort of like falling asleep at the wheel, which was surprising. I didn't expect the Di to fall asleep at the wheel. He just kind of disappeared. He was yeah, neutralized.
1: It felt like with, um, Juventus, when the way they were defending, they were kind of forcing inter to build through the Dumfries side. Um, yeah. which is understandable. Like that's of course, Inter's of course. weaker side. He, granted, that is how the goal came on that side. Yeah. Um, yes, yes onto that that goal where, like, that's right. Barella picks it up, fires it to Taram, one-touch football, and just... I would criticize Gatti, but, like, that's just such a good run from Lotaro, oh, where he starts running back post, and the second Taram goes to hit the pass, he just cuts right to the front, yeah. and at that point, he's gone. There's There's no catching him, and it's a cool finish. It's just... Yes, that's that's Inter football, and it's great. I uh,
0: I'm gonna burn while saying this. That that goal took three passes, which tells you a lot about Inter's game. Ball went from Sommer to Barella, Barella to Turam, and Turam to Lautaro, and he finished it. Now, uh, I was just shaking my head left to right. As you were talking just a second ago, talking about Gatti, well, <clears throat> my head was doing the same thing your head did when when uh, Dumfries, uh, you know, had had the touch of a lifetime there. What are you doing? What is a professional centre back doing, marking like that? A professional centre back knows or should know better than to mark like that. You don't do that. You never do that. What are you doing? <laughs> I've seen Sunday League center backs perform better. Oof. What in the world? I, I I just I could keep going on and on here, but it just blew my mind. This is just, and then you know Matteo Bonetti, who by the way we lost for like a little while there. They they switched like you know
1: uh, yeah that was funny for a second there. they did that was weird it went wasn't to it? Patrick Hendrick, yeah that was yeah. it was like, like randomly in, like first and then like they, no announcement was made it just like went away from him and Patrick Kendrick yeah. came on Um and then like randomly it went back to Bonetti like yeah I was like, it was what? very weird what is happening
0: like am I losing my mind I'm like did I just hear Francesco what, what's his name the other commentator the Italian commentator I'm like what the hell is he doing like I, I <laughs> what anyways and, and then Matteo Bonetti's is gushing about Gatti and he's like oh you know he up until just a few years ago he was a blue collar <laughs> worker I'm like Okay, and are you just trying to tell me that he forgot he's not picking up bricks and putting them, you know, in a stack together? Like, is this soccer? Is that what you're saying? Like, what? I don't understand. I don't care. He, <laughs> what? like, what? I don't freaking care. This, what? what is he doing? Where is he? Like, wh- how are you, gar- how do you let Lautaro, I get Lautaro's great, but how do you let Lautaro Martinez cut you in? Like, he, what are you doing? That wasn't like... I I was like, oh, thanks, buddy. You just left me this whole right, right side wide open. Hey, all good. And Terram, mind you, what a pass. What a pass. Perfect pass. And then Shesny's got nothing to do about it. It's too late. That's my rant. That's, That's my okay. Gatti rant.
1: I, I also like another takeaway from the game. Or not really the game. Just like, I truly just despise juan Cuadrado, <laughs> like i've hated yeah. him for years and now yeah. he's wearing yeah. like the intricate and i'm just laughing like i, I yeah. like him like he he just is the worst player like he is bad he flops every second and it's the most infuriating thing because he always gets the call it's so annoying and then he looks at like players like you obviously followed me like no you didn't like uh like, like he didn't get fouled on the wing at the end of that game. And I was well, dying. Like, he doesn't get touched. And it's just like, he just throws his body. Like, this is yeah, an interplayer. Like, he, he like, fella, like, have some shame. Like, you are good enough to beat people with your speed. Like, maybe not anymore. But, like, oh, no. you don't yeah. need to be flopping every time someone comes near you. It's infuriating. He's so annoying. And he's getting he jeered is. at every, like... It felt like Lukaku oh, out there. I was, I was loving. It. Was I was great. like, I hope uh, this is great. He's just getting jeered every time he touches the ball. This is exciting. Like, it was just funny because, like, I, I'm yelling from my couch, like jeering him as well. Like, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> <laughs> he's on my team. Yeah, I mean, you
0: know, I, I was jeering from my couch as well. And I mean, when he tackled Cusick like that, I was like, oh, <laughs> no, he did not. Oh, yeah. No, he did not. That is a wrong venue for that, sir. Wrong venue. You do not throw that kind of any and you know, I mean, that was like a chip on the shoulder kind of tackle. Like you know what you know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. There's oh, yeah. no there's no arguing. Like he he knows exactly what he's doing. And then Keen coming over to him and then shoves him a couple of times. I'm just like, please, just can you like take him and just throw him off out of the field and just so we can big grown ups can actually play soccer? Can we actual players can play? Um that's what I was hoping for. And then after the game, uh, Simone nzaghi your, your wonderful coach says uh, we needed Cuadrado to uh, sacrifice for our team. He needed to sacrifice and he did. I'm like, what did he sacrifice? His uh, integrity? Is that, is that what he sacrificed? <laughs> that's been gone for that, a while. Oh, okay. That's fair. Maybe <laughs> he played for, maybe fans. his soul. That's, real. that's fair. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but that that was that was just great. That was amazing. Um another bit of a storyline uh before I get back into my Gatti rant. Um you know, Caviglia, I was uh not sure what to expect. He started, he had played what two minutes or four minutes, whatever it was prior to this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you
0: saw what I saw
1: for two minutes what was yeah, that? against Cugliari. Yeah, two minutes, yeah. Like for two minutes.
0: I don't know if you saw what I saw, but he he was so bad. He was so really? bad. Oh, he was so bad. He was so bad. I just it was like, just. It was hard to watch.
1: Like I just, it was nothing impressive. It was just N- nothing impressive. It just was. Well, I mean, you're kinder than I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna kill the guy. Twenty-three year old making your first start in a Derby D Italia. That's a that's a tough spot. But he was it trying is. stuff. He wasn't like just. Receiving the ball, passing it back to his center backs. It felt no, like he no, was at right. least trying to do stuff, like something, like yes. he was making forward passes, which he was. Is something you kind of want to see in such a big moment. So it's hard to be like, yeah, like That's fair. He didn't make an impact on the game. I agree there. Like, I also didn't really. He
0: almost made a bad impact on the game, though. If he he had his butt saved a couple times, big time.
1: Yeah, I mean you had there a, were a couple basic. moments. There. He's playing the best team in the league. standings yeah, wise, true. he is. Yeah, yeah. Like he is. And probably that's the true. best midfield in the league. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's tough when you're like, hey, yep, you're going to have to try no, and stop Hakan Chalanaglu. Like that's that's not an easy assignment.
0: Mind you, he was relatively neutralized for the night. Uh Hakan uh was uh he he, would, he was kind of, you know, made to disappear for most of the time. Uh, wasn't really, didn't really figure much into this game. Um, I agree, you know, but I think overall it was a mech game. I mean, Vlaovic scored, he did his whole, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, no one, no one's talking crap anymore. Cause I, cause I just scored. It's like, okay, 75 million should get you that gold, dude. 75 mil Well that that goal is a given with 75 mil i'm just just fyiing you
1: are you sure you're a Juventus fan you've been you've been spewing a lot of hate
0: (laughs) man i i just don't and then he's spending half the game crying about some mystical foul i'm like okay the way you're complaining about getting fouled is like you know someone you know saying that like no one believes him that nessie exists in scotland like come on bro like it doesn't exist okay and these fouls these mystical fouls aren't existing either stop falling raising your hands in the air and being like ref why don't you call <laughs> it it's like enough yeah please. it did feel like the like ref I'm- uh
1: did feel like the ref did let the game play because there were certainly fouls where i was like that yeah. that's definitely a free kick like why are we not calling that but he just let the play go and he, he was consistent about that at least like i'll give him that he was yeah like Consistently let the game play. It was really just bad tackles that were getting called, and that's you know
0: that's good for UVA Inter. You know, gets the blood going. So that's the thing, though, right? I mean, this kind yeah. of game—that's what should be happening. Yeah, you don't want
1: to be stopped every second.
0: No, absolutely would. not. And this is UVA Inter, mind you. These are the two teams in this league. Like you, you want these teams to go at it. There should be tension. There absolutely should be tension. Tension should be brewing the whole week leading up to it. If there isn't, that's a problem. Like, this is like the, you know, not to to throw a curveball here, pun intended, you're about to see, uh, baseball references here. But the Red Sox-Yankees, right? Remember the tenacity of that rivalry? There was such bad blood for so many years in Red Sox-Yankees rivalry, and I loved it. That was amazing. Everyone Mm. loved it. But it's kind of died down. No one really gives a crap anymore. Fair. Realistically speaking, you don't want that to die down. No. That's a... You don't. That's not something you want to die down.
1: I don't think it'll ever be like that, though, to be fair. Hopefully not.
0: Hopefully not. That's fair. But with that, um, just another a couple of takeaways. Bremer cannot, cannot emphasize how important this guy is to this team right now. Boy, if he was not back there... I mean... I don't want to ignore my buddy Rugani back there because he is just Chevskis. But besides him, Bremer is really the guy. Uh, he is the anchor back there. And if it wasn't for him, we would be screwed as a team. My God. He was like the iron wall back there. I mean, everything that would come his way. He's like, Nope, not happening. Not today. Not today. And then Gotti comes in. And he's like, nah, you know what? Maybe today. Maybe today's the day. <laughs> I'll let that in on this one. But Rabiot play, played well. Uh, again, he, I think he's incredibly underrated. I, I think he is such an important part of this team. You definitely do not like him. I appreciate that. But um, he is a much better player than he gets credit for. McKenney woefully underperformed. Again, just the story with Weston
1: McKenney which is just, what do we make of that? I mean, I, I don't yeah, even know where to go from that. Like For Weston, in this type of, like, as an Inter fan, I would have expected to hate Weston more. I mean, obviously, yeah. I like him because, like, USA, even though I don't like him as a player, like, his skill was. But he's just a yeah. chippy player that, like, you see him in USA-Mexico and you just see him just... Mexico fans definitely hate him. Absolutely. Like I would expect the same from an interesting standpoint, but, but he's just so meh. He's never made a real impact yeah. that I've been Agreed. like, yeah, it's just, yeah. He's just meh. Agreed. Uh, speaking of
0: meh, by the way, I mean, uh, maybe it's a little harsh to say meh exactly, but not, not exactly great performance. Uh, DeVry, um, you know, you're, uh, I, I'm starting to see exactly what you're, you've been saying for a while now about him he's not really himself he's he's really just fallen off i mean he had that one big whoopsie moment where it was like okay he gave that ball away wow how poor and he was uh screaming at hakan afterwards for putting him in that position i'm like come on bro you're you're center back in a top league you need to do better
1: yeah i mean that's why that's why he doesn't start as much anymore like but he wouldn't have started if Bestoni was healthy. A Cherubby would have had yeah. in that because a Cherby you can actually rely on to distribute the ball. Uh, exactly. you cannot like no make a sideways pass to your like sometimes you'd even see Darmian pass it to a Cherubi, like just skipping over Devry. And it was just like funny Because like
0: 'cause <laughs> yeah. like
1: you'd see Vlaovic press and he'd like press into DeVry and just like the pass would just yeah. go right by him because they were like, No, like that's we're not gonna <laughs> cause that problem.
0: <laughs> I'm avoiding you. It's like honestly, I think Darmian had a better game than Devry for sure. Uh, Darmian played well. Uh, he played really well, actually. Yeah, um, I agree. He's a solid, like, backup player. He's a solid fill in the,
1: the the role player for sure. he's a good uh, versatile player. That. Like, yeah, you absolutely. can play him at wing back and feel fine. You play him at right center back and feel fine too. That's right. Like, good player. But with that now.
0: Let's look at this table, huh? Because I mean that that game draw, unexciting, yeah. but you know it was it was a game. Um, you know both teams I think played it out to to draw. They neither one of them was interested in really pushing anything too much. So Inter gets to stay at the top. Yeah, they lose you know one point uh, in their in their lead, but so what? Who cares? Um, it goes from what three to two, so. I think they'll take that. I think either will take
1: that any day. Was it too before? I mean, it was, it's fine. Like that's the worst case scenario would be losing. Like you just didn't, you didn't lose and that's all that mattered. Like you didn't have to win this game. Obviously Mm -hmm. it would have been nice to win. I'm not going to say this is a great result. It, it, it was fine. It, I'm not going to, I'm already on to Napoli. Like we're, we're Mm -hmm. not worried about it. That was fine. We're on Mm -hmm. to the next. Like, you go to Turin, you can't expect three points. So no. if you told me, hey, you take one point away and in turn before the season, I'd probably be like, OK, that's right. that's, that's a fine result. Like that's it's kind of what you would want when you look at the schedule and trying to map out points. You'd probably say one point. at yeah.
0: No, exactly. I completely agree. Uh This is. I like he said it great. Uh, well, put it put in great terms after the game. He said, you know, essentially this game was uh, it was far more important. And we didn't lose than we win, uh, and I agree with that. This is not the kind of game you lose. You cannot lose this game. So, one of those instance, instances where you take the draw and you say, you know what, great job, walk away, and you move on to to the rest of your, your season. And uh, with that though, right now the top four: Inter, Juve, Milan, and Napoli uh rounding out the top uh 6 are Roma and Bologna but if you look at top well places 5 through let's say 11 or 12 here not much separating these
1: uh teams no no only 5 point 4 points to 11th so yeah. it's certainly going to be a tight. lot of flip flopping oh, um, absolutely and you those top 4 are exactly the four teams you you would have thought preseason exactly so absolutely. it's in like I would have thought that pretty much this order maybe Napoli in third mm-hmm. but yeah I mean it's kind of been going exactly how we expected yep and soon we'll probably see some curveballs eventually oh absolutely I mean maybe Bologna keep it up and then all of a sudden they're pushing Napoli that, I mean Bologna also, have won I mean, they three other last five very good yeah they're not the important thing for Bologna is they're not losing games. Like when they drop points, they're just drawing like they're five, six, Mm -hmm. two third least losses in the league behind only intern Juve. So there you go. Like that is important for them. And they've already gotten results against the big teams. It'll be interesting to see how long they can keep that up. And again, this is like Juve's advantage. They don't have European football to, bother them not that they're used to that but Mm -hmm. that is an advantage when you're training they have five days to prepare or six days to prepare compared to the bigger clubs two three days
0: Mm -hmm. oh i mean you're absolutely right uh i I think it it does sort of uh when i look at the table I'm, i'm sort of thinking out to the to the rest of the season and you know we've got 25 games left uh which feels like a lot and it is but uh it's not that much, right? Uh realistically yep. speaking, you've got some teams outside of the top 6 right now that oof, if they stay outside of the top 6 for at the end of the season, uh, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of questions. Uh Atalanta, Fiorentina, Lazio, and you could argue Sassuolo not being closer to the top 6 that's going to be a bit of a question mark, right?
1: Agreed. Yeah. I mean, one of those teams, at least you're going to be questioning at the end of the year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds or if we're just talking about what a run by Bologna, like if they actually are, able to yeah. it up. like, right. That'd be a story. Oh, I'd love to
0: see them in conference league. I think that that'd be the perfect competition, honestly, to sort of push them maybe a little bit, see what uh, Tiago Mota can do.
1: Yeah, I agree. If he doesn't go to a bigger club by then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a good point, right? That is a very good point. A very good point. So with that, I think we've sort of recapped this last week. We talked a little bit about the table, the current standing. Um, I think we can sort of move on to previewing the uh, upcoming week, match day 14. And, uh, well, what what better game to start with than Monza Juve? I mean, this, this team gives us headaches. Last two times we have played them, it ended 2-0 Monza, right? This was at home, mind you. We lost at home to Monza. We won against Monza um, 2-1. That was a nervy game, shall we say. Lost to them before that 1-0, and won before
1: that 2-1. So what are we thinking here? I mean, it'll be a tight game. Probably a low-scoring 1-0 or 1-1 final. Um, yeah. Ones I haven't lost at home. So that's no, not. to note they're not losing games, which again we talked yeah. about important. Um two wins, four draws, zero losses at home. But only eleven goals total in the games, in the six games. So yeah. not exactly high scoring games. And I mean we know mm-hmm. Juventus loves a good one nothing win. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's what I would lean. One nothing Juventus. I just think mm-hmm. they're too much better than Monza, and they should really get it done. I'd say that with a lot of games against Juventus, but it just, like, it just feels like Monza don't have the firepower that Juventus do, which, I mean, obviously that's not a hot take, but <laughs> yeah, Juve yeah, are right. very good at picking moments to go yes. forward, and Absolutely. Vlaovic has been taking his chances. is fully healthy. He looks good. So yes, I just think at the end those two carry them to a victory. One, nothing.
0: No, that's fair. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think one nothing seems like a likely scenario here, I, I don't see uh, Monza winning. Uh, I think this is a different Juve. I think this is a different team. I didn't even talk about Chiesa, mind you, but he is playing well. Uh, I have sort of seeing that, that Chiesa we've all been expecting, I think to an extent, right? But uh, again, I mention him, I think, every podcast at least one time. Andrea Colpani. Watch out for him. If Gatti gets anywhere... Gatti should be banned from like marking this guy for any reason. Just I don't care who you have to put in there. Just uh, throw the freaking Incredible Hulk in the game. Whoever. Just somebody besides Gatti to mark this man. He's got six goals and one assist this season. That's a pretty good stat line, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I don't
0: think anyone will take that. Yeah, especially for a Monza team, right? So he's he's had to do a lot of the hard work there because it's not as if um, there's too much going on, creatively speaking, in that Monza midfield. Not that I'm saying Paladino's not a great coach, by, <laughs> by the way. He's just working with what he can. He yes, only, he, absolutely. What, you know, what, what can he do? Paladino's a great coach. I think he's probably going to go to some other team, but that, I digress. With that, I agree, 1-0 Juve. Seems like a likely uh, end to this game. But with that, um, moving on to the next game in our uh, lineup here, let's talk about the marquee matchup of the week. Inter-Napoli.
1: Inter away. Yes, sir. And yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It's... Yeah. Napoli haven't exactly been great in Naples. They're 2 nope. 1 and 3 no, in their not. six games. So, mm-hmm. not exactly what you want to see. Um, no, no, Inter are 5 1 and 0 on the road. Their one draw being right. this weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I'll, I want to see how Inter lines up tomorrow against Benfica. Yeah. Um, because that game ultimately doesn't mean anything. So, I'd love to see them rest a few guys rest a hakan like start aslani um and by okay. doesn't mean anything is like no matter what on match day six the top of the group will be decided in the associated game most likely inter will Actually. have to win there's like a strong chance assuming so's dad as as beat salzburg loses to uh-huh. um them to salzburg then okay that changes things but i'm just going with the they're gonna beat Salzburg. So that means Inter would have to beat Benfica by like three more goals than Salzburg loses to that. Yeah. So it's it's more of a I'd rest, guys, for this game. Yes. This is a big game away in Naples. This yes, is not an easy game. Again, this is one no. of a I'd take a draw. It's not something I want a draw, but I'd take it. Um I'm gonna go two to two draw. It'll be a more high scoring.
0: That is a fair, fair point. Um, you know, it's a tough one because of all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, it, it, all very valid reasons. I mean, this is not a, a competition you take lightly, Champions League. It's not. This is an important competition for Inter, for any of the Italian teams in there. So I'm going to 3-1 Napoli. Napoli. I oh. think Inter sort of uh, unfortunately have to rest and I think they lose a bit of an edge. I think uh, Napoli are uh, sort of wake up uh, a little bit and uh, at Inter's expense. But I think Inter are, are going to have to rest their key players for this matchup because, like you said, that's a tight group there.
1: Well, I was saying they rest guys or, for Benfica and not. Right, right. No, I
0: know, right but i'm i'm saying that like nonetheless I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna have to rest somebody i mean Turam and uh, Latoro played uh, latoro played until the end turam played almost to the very end
1: i've been saying that but i think Toro just keeps playing it's like you think
0: so he just Interesting.
1: they keep, no like they Inzaghi has played him almost every game like Alexis isn't healthy so it's yeah like Ar, i bet Arnautovic does start pro- hopefully yeah. tomorrow and then mm-hmm. Turam Toro are the two on Sunday, and thankfully you don't have a another Champions League game like the Sociedad get directly after. You have a week off, so yeah, you have sure. a recovery period. Um, but then after that, Napoli not only has Madrid tomorrow, which is a big game because they haven't qualified mm-hmm. for the round of sixteen yet. Um, they not only have that, but then after Inter, they follow up on a short week on Friday to Juventus. So Mm -hmm. a lot of big games for both of these teams. A lot going on. So it'll be very interesting. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by Napoli winning. They have high-powered offense. Like, they can score goals at will. And they're a great team. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to win that game. Yeah,
0: I mean, mean, there's a lot going on for both teams, mind you, at at this point. Because let's not forget Napoli is currently in second place in their group, right? And they're facing Real Madrid uh, next. So there's a lot of implications here for both these teams. So, you know, I say what I said a second ago about 3-1, but it also very well could end up just being a 1-1 draw uh, in reality because it's not as if Napoli has nothing to play for. They are also in a position where they can't screw up because if Braga somehow win the next two games that puts them in nine points that that can they can't screw up here it's not, not they're not out of the woods not at all and they're definitely not going to be first place at this point there's it's not going to happen but you know i i yeah. think ultimately there's a lot of grappling I'm i'm gonna flip-flop here <laughs> I'm gonna change my estimate. I'm going to say 1-1. One, one.
1: One, one, wow. one Went from yeah, a high a very, scoring high flying Napoli 3-1 one, yeah. 1 to 1. <laughs> well, the more I
0: think about it, the more I'm like, okay, uh neither one is going to really want to push. It's sort of like Juve into, you know, they're just mm-hmm. they're sort of I think they they might just be tempted to do that because of these other results that are very important for them, right? Uh and you had a very good point in in, in making making that observation. I think Napoli well, they don't have Victor Osiman back, right? So I don't know if he's going to be back for this coming game. So I wouldn't, with that in mind, I, I don't know if they'd really want to push, especially even if he comes back. Why would you want to push That's him right, yeah. back into action so quickly? But with that, we can move uh, on to the third game we're going to be pre- previewing here. Sassuolo and Roma. Uh, Roma playing away after they won 3-1 against Udinese, which we talked about last week, should have happened. That was as expected. What are we making this game? I mean, Sassuolo is coming from uh, a 4-3 game, a 4-3 win against Empoli. So what will happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, are we going to get the Berardi that shows up like every other game? Or are we like are we going to get the one that is the beast that we know he is. Um, like, Roma haven't been great away from home. They're 1, 2, and 3. Um, seven goals scored, nine goals conceded. So, not yeah. exactly the best defensive performances that you want out of no, no, the outside side. And yep. Sassuolo, two, two, three 2 3 at home. 21 goals right. scored total. So, three goals a game. Like, I really would expect goals in this game. Yeah. And I I'm not convinced by Roma and their consistent performances. It feels like they can't put a game away. Like, Of I course agree. that's great. They they beat Udinese, like, but it wasn't mm-hmm. without some like struggle. Like they scored that goal and I was like, "All right, this game should be done and dusted." And then all of a sudden Udinese scores and you're like, yeah. "Ooh, all right. We're going into the 80th minute. It's still 1-1. to Dybala saves him. El Shaarawy with like his fourth goal in the ninetieth minute, yeah. not yeah. actually, but like it feels like every time he scores, it's in the ninetieth sure. minute. Um, yeah, absolutely, but yeah, it's just there. It's you're never comfortable when you're watching Roma. So I'd probably say two to one Sassuolo podcast special scoreline.
0: Two to one Sassuolo. That's a good scoreline. I mean, I uh, hmm that's a good that's a good scoreline um (laughs) i am going to take out a flyer on this roma team um yeah i'm gonna regret this i'm definitely gonna regret this (laughs) i I have a feeling i'm gonna regret this uh my percentage for predictions a season just ain't looking great yeah um yeah well hopefully it'll get better but my predictive abilities just haven't been working um I'm going to just go against my gut feeling here. I'm just going to say 2 1 Roma. Okay. But so you're saying 2 1 boring. Sassuolo. Ooh. Yeah. This is gonna so be It's going to be competing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. One, Looking forward to this one. The other side. So, with that prediction of uh, 2 1 Roma for me, and uh, well, 2 1 Roma, 2 1 Sassuolo, rather, for you. Let's move on to Sassuolo's, or rather Roma's, I can't speak. Roma's next game uh, against Servet for the Europa League, right? Uh, they should have this in a bag, right? They should be.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like Europa, their Europa group has pretty much been decided. Right. Slavia, Prague, and Roma, it was really their those two games that it was going to come down to. And That's now right. Prague has the... Um, the goal difference mm-hmm. um, from, like, a, um, I guess Roma's just got to smash Servette and Sheriff more right. than Prague does. And that's how they win their group, or mm-hmm. else they're going to be in the round of 32 against a third-place Champions League side. Um, they should beat Servette. They do. Don't care if it's on the right. road or home. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It is in Servette this time, but they won 4 nothing at home. Yeah. I don't see him winning by less than two.
0: No, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, this game should be all Roma. There should be nothing nothing to this game other than Roma coming in, doing their job, and getting out. And uh, that, for me, means 3-0 Roma. That's it. 3-0 is my prediction. Yours was what, Robbie? Uh pfft. Two nothing, two zero. Two nothing, Roma. All right, and uh, I mean, if they if they face F- uh, Sheriff right afterwards, which I mean, they not if when they face uh, Sheriff, if they can pull uh, a good strong victory, another three zero, let's say stat line, right? Uh, they they can take first place, uh, you know, if Slavia Prague don't uh, outperform them during that period. But that's Slavia a lot and of ifs with Roma.
1: Right, no, that's, <laughs> that's the exactly problem. Like right. those teams are so much worse than both of them yes. that Roma needed to get a draw again away to Prague and they did not. They lost by the same scoreline, so now it's going to come down to goal difference.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an it's interesting, it's... interesting watch. This uh, this team definitely has left uh, this whole thing hanging in a balance in a way that it shouldn't have, uh, especially not in the Europa League. Like they they should have performed better. I'll just put it that way. But it is Roma. Roma is Roma after all. But with that said, let's uh, move to Torino and Atala- Atalanta uh, facing off, um, obviously, in Torino. What are we making of this game? I mean, because both of these teams are coming off of exact runs. I mean, if you look at their form the last five games, each of them has lost a game, drawn a game, won a game, lost a game, won a game. That's it. What does that tell you?
1: Yeah, I mean, both are inconsistent. Uh, Yeah. Atalanta are also playing a lot better teams. Yeah, they are. Granted it in the league. So at some point you all play each other. But it feels like Atalanta, this is a get right game. Yeah. Like I have them winning this game. It just feels like they're a better team. Like it was an unfortunate loss to Napoli where they really shouldn't have. It was just a goalie mistake. It happens. I agree. Torino probably aren't gonna get that benefit of making yeah. those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um it just feels like you're if you were to go over thirty eight games, you're gonna get a lot yeah. more consistent performances out of Atalanta. And I'll back them to win this one, I'd say one nothing. Um it just feels like Lookman is a player who can take over this game. Yeah. Torino are just a fine side. I mean, they're in twelfth. It's just they leave a lot to be desired. It's a Zapata revenge game. If yeah. He is playing. Um, right. So that could be interesting. That could be a fun, fun storyline. Zapata hits a, hits a goal. Would he celebrate? That's he's right. Te- exactly. Yeah, he's technically on loan. So yep. I would imagine he will not celebrate. But a little storyline to watch.
0: No, it definitely is. I completely agree. I mean, this is all in all. An interesting matchup to say the very least, both of these teams have something to prove and i, I agree with you that. atalanta have the edge here um you know I think uh Torino have been sort of decimated with injuries in that back line. They have buongiorno but Perchures is out for the season it's a huge loss for them so the the reality of the matter is uh this torino team i I don't think is going anywhere either I agree with you i I see this as turning out two one Atalanta. And uh, I believe your prediction was 1-0 Atlanta, right? 1-0, correct. 1-0 Atlanta. So we will see where that goes. But Atlanta also have an important game against Sporting, which is uh, not exactly a slouch. That's It's a tough opponent in any uh, competition. So what are we making of this game?
1: It's a big game. I mean, yeah. it basically... Sporting need to win it to have a shot at being top of the group that's right so atalanta really you already won in portugal which is extremely hard to do in europe so i would be surprised if they didn't at least draw at home in bergamo against sporting when you already did the harder of the two winning on the road um it's just like you need to have at least a point you're gonna win your match day six matchup anyways yeah um so are sporting so then what you do in this game matters so much like you can't lose no you can't so i'm gonna go one one draw one one draw especially with europa it's just so important to avoid second place and Mm -hmm. missing the round of 32 you just leapfrog into the round of 16. it's just two less games you have to play it helps you for the season it just less stress. I mean, you could be getting a very good third place team. Absolutely. Like, heck, if you get Newcastle, PSG from that Champions League group, that would be killer for Atalanta because both those teams would be favorites against them.
0: I completely agree. Uh, I I also see a draw playing out here. Uh, I don't see Atalanta being really able to produce a you know, two three goal performance uh either I, th- I think they're a little a little emaciated currently uh, the depth just isn't there anymore uh like it was uh a couple of years back so uh, I, I really do have a hard time seeing how they're just going to risk anything uh i i am concerned about their leaky defense of course because that could end badly if they sort of uh, take the uh, uh, park the bus approach the way Italy did against Ukraine, <laughs> which somehow did not end in a complete disaster. But the reality is that that can be a problematic way to, to handle game, too, of course. But with that, I think 1-1 as well. Uh, so that's my prediction on that. Um, it's going to be an interesting week of, of action here. I mean, there's there's a lot hanging in a balance. Um, a lot of teams playing for some important table positions. Milan fighting for their lives, quite literally, in, in their group, right? I mean, we've got... Mind you, they somehow still have... I mean, this group is actually living out its name. They still have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. They're not out.
1: They're not out. 3-1 loss is not a good result, though. Not, no. They needed a point or something, because now they're going to have to beat Newcastle, and then hope Dortmund beat PSG. Yeah. That's how, That's the only way they got through. Because PSG be- can draw, and then AC Milan would have to win by five. And then I don't know if they actually have the tiebreaker on PSG. Regardless, 2-1, to one, they wouldn't have the P- PSG, so they have to they have to have Dortmund win and Milan win to advance.
0: You know, I, I yeah. think. Yeah. What were you saying? Nope. Go ahead. Oh, I was, all I was going to say was just that. Uh, I think you're right. Um, I think that uh, Milan really let themselves down, let their fans down big time uh, with that performance at home, no less against Dortmund. There was no reason for that. They they can do better than that. We know that, but you know, given that it is what it is now, they still have an opportunity to play. I can see some scenario where PSG draw with Dortmund. Like, it can, I can see that. It's not entirely impossible. PSG is, ha, have not been spectacular. Even in this game, that penalty call was debatable. That gave them the goal. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's not as unfair they're
1: infallible. But they still don't need the, like, PSG draws, they're through. Good point. In regards to Milan, because they have the head-to-head yeah, tiebreaker. Right. They won 3-0 so, and lost 2-1, so they have the head-to-head goals. Um, tiebreaker first. Is it at home, by the way? Um, No, it's at Newcastle. Oh, uh, Newcastle, okay, yeah, so. Mm. yeah, That's a so, tough game. Milan have to beat Newcastle. Yeah. Dortmund have to beat PSG. And that Dortmund yeah, I, I PSG that game is personally. gonna be at Dortmund. Yeah, that's a
0: so that's a that's a lot. This Milan team is not convincing yeah. me that they can do that. No. They're not scaling that wall. Um but we will see. We will see. Um uh, with all of that, uh, I think we've we've concretely covered this last week and this coming week. We will uh, actually be back uh, a little earlier than usual this week with a special episode uh, in, in a new series talking about uh, managerial positions in Serie A uh, and, and sort of uh, covering each team and uh, where they currently are. We'll start off with Juve and Allegri, right, Robbie? Yes, Our favorite. Sir. And so uh, that episode in the next couple of days have a little fun discussion. I'll try not to get too riled up, I swear. <laughs> but <Try>. you know,
1: <laughs> once we get to that What was that? Once we get to Gati.
0: Uh, that's I mean, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, man, don't even get me started on that. We got to finish that's this a episode tomorrow well. thing. Yeah. On a positive note, on a positive note. Uh, jokes aside though. Uh, Robbie, thank you for joining me this week again. Thanks for Great having me. Great conversation. Good episode. Um, as we come to the end of another episode, we'd like to thank everyone that is listening to this podcast. Whoever you support, we are here to keep you up to date with the latest exciting action from Serie A. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, Threads, X, YouTube, and anywhere Remember. else. I mean, I don't even know at this point. Right, Rob? All like, subscribe. subscribe. That's right. At United by Calcio. Uh, same. No spaces no special characters that's it thank you for joining us this week we appreciate you all and robbie have a nice week thanks you too everyone and well and go ahead please make yeah, your inter-plug. I'll if you give it thing, to you.
1: yeah if you take away one thing interplug just yes so go, no, go ahead forza <laughs> inter top of the table you're right i can't hear you all the way down there christian no no you
0: yeah, look, you, <laughs> you are in this you earned this. I'm I'm just gonna let you have this. This is your moment. Go ahead.
1: That's beautiful. That's great. is enter. Let's go.
0: Ciao. Fino alla prossima volta. Goodbye and take care.